0: Moses and the CIA. I'm Moses, Ken Mosesian. And like my ancestor, I'm all about training individuals, teams, and companies how to lead. Now, I've joined forces with the CIA.
1: I'm Dan Crum, known as the CIA. And I can help you win your best deal every time through my sales training, the CIA method. Join us as we talk about topics of life and business from two unique perspectives. Hello, Ken, welcome to an afternoon, an afternoon one. We're usually doing this in the evening, I say good evening or tonight we're talking about. So today, today, this is during the day this time, today we're talking about remembering the future. What is this all about, Ken? Well, first of all, We're going to have to say good day to everybody because
0: I can see through your beautiful window that it clearly is daytime and (laughs) it's a beautiful sight. Today, we're going to talk about remembering the future because uh, I think it's really important for us to look ahead. As important as it is for us to be here now when we're talking with each other and, uh, and being with each other, it's also really important to look ahead. That's our chance to vision what we'd like to create that's our opportunity to really dig into what's possible and that's our time to be inspired. And so Dan, I wanna propose the question uh, in this sort of post pandemic world that we are hopefully headed for, what are some of the things that you're looking uh, forward to being able to engage again with, with family, with friends, business? What are some of the things that you would look forward to doing Uh, as we step forward into this year and have a chance to start visioning and maybe even planning for that future day when we've got more freedom and we have the
1: opportunity to really be with each other again. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't mention my favorite movie and movie series, Back to the Future. And at the end of Back to the Future, part three, spoiler alert, Doc Brown says, your future is unwritten it's whatever you make of it. But throughout the movie, they're constantly doing things that are hopefully helping their future selves. And that's really, I think what this topic would be all about to me, which is we're remembering that there is a future. And in many ways that violates my number one principle of my attempt to one day at a time, be Zen, live in the present, right? All that kind of stuff. But no, I think it is critical and very important for people to remember that What you're doing today, right, does impact your future self. And so that's where I go with this. I really say that if you look at anybody at any moment in time, uh, you can probably tell exactly what their habits are, the things they do consistently, because you just look at their body and you say that a person's either they have a healthy body because they have healthy habits or they're overweight of some sort because they have bad habits of eating too much or not working out, not being active. So that's just one example. But I think you could look at anything. You could look at success in business. You could look at just other areas of life and you could say, I bet I know your habits. So to me, remembering the future is remembering that what we do today first uh, is important because that impacts our future selves. So no matter what we're trying to get done or what we would like to do in the future, I think it's important that we start now by saying, what should I be doing today that's going to help me enable me to have a better version of my future?
0: That's a cool perspective. I like that. And I love the, the quote. Uh, I, I'm old as dirt. And so uh, way back in the day, uh, Harvey Milk was supervisor of San Francisco. And, and there was a, a pretty tragic event that took place for people who uh, remember or know something about history. He and uh, Mayor Moscone were both assassinated. But the thing that stood out Uh, to me was Harvey's life and his famous quote and the one that stays with me is you got to give him hope. And that's what I think about when I think about this. It's like, there's got to be hope. There has got to be something that is calling you forward. And you can start by doing something today that'll help bring that future into the present. And, And that's kind of a cool thing. When I think like transporting time, how is it possible for us to actually bring the future into the present? And Dan, we've talked about the fact that, you know, our mind doesn't really know if something is happening in, uh, in a real way as we imagine something. And so we have the ability to create stuff in our mind that's gonna shift the way that we think and feel about things. And so, you know, one, one thing that I did this past week that was just fun for me because I miss travel. I go to Europe every year. I used to travel for business around the US, you know, 150,000 miles plus a year. I love flying. I'm a private pilot, love aviation, love being at airports. And that was obviously greatly curtailed in 2020. And, uh, and obviously too, um, any kind of vacation travel, especially travel internationally. So I ordered some euros, I ordered some European currency. And I'm so looking forward to that arriving because that's something that's gonna help me think about what's beyond this. That's something that's gonna give me hope and help me to look forward to a future that's newer and brighter and cleaner. And it's not to to erase what's happened. It's just to say that in the midst of all of this, giving ourselves some hope, giving ourselves something to look forward to, like a reward
1: at the end of all of it, is gonna be essential, at least for me, to help get through it. So the second question of my three questions that I ask at the beginning of every coaching session is, what is something you're excited about or looking forward to? And then I've added this caveat into the question ever since COVID started, which is, even though you recognize that it could be canceled or postponed, because I'm trying, we talked about this in our last podcast, we're trying to say, even though things aren't what you want them to be, I still want you to have your word, hope for the future, right? So something, and I think it's always important that somebody doesn't live so much in the present that they're always like, because sometimes the present isn't as great as we wish it was, right? So there's not a lot. So to have that hope or look to the future, like what is something you're looking forward to or excited about, like coming in the future, even though, you know, it could be postponed or canceled. So I love that idea of getting the euros, right? So you have that little token, right? That little reminder of a future that could be better. Um, That is oftentimes why most people, uh, these people I coach and a lot of people do similar things to me is they write down something on a board. Like I have a whiteboard. Some people have like a vision board with pictures. They'll have some sort of, like you're like a token or some visual reminder of what they're moving towards. The term that I use in coaching is your future reality. And there's just a play on words uh, for people to say, what are your goals? Like, what are you striving to achieve in the future? And I say, well, goal has an implied potential failure, right? Like, I hope I get that, but we'll see. I could fail at my goals. So I say, No, let's transform your goals into future realities because here's the distinction in my brain. If we together decide this is so important, this will become your future reality and we'll set a target date for wanting to have it by X date. But if it doesn't happen by then, I love this saying, God's delays are not God's denials. That doesn't mean you're not supposed to have it or you'll never have it. That just means we say, okay, hasn't happened yet. So I set a new target date. I make whatever adjustments I need, but I'm constantly moving towards my future reality because it's not a matter of if it'll happen. There's no way to fail unless I give up on it. It's just a matter of, will it be based on my target date or do I have to move and create a new target date for the future? But I love this sense of looking forward. And I really love the visual reminder of what we are moving towards and excited about in our future reality.
0: Yeah, I love the distinction that you just made with goals because goals, they succeed or they fail, right? It's like timeline deliverable and, and it's going to succeed or fail based on the parameters that you set. Oftentimes when I'm coaching, I will talk with people about setting broader parameters, things that, you know, there's a, there's a great phrase. Wouldn't it be lovely if? And and it's just there's kind of an ease about it. Uh, I'm going to get the Euros I'm not sure exactly when we're gonna go to Europe. I'm not sure exactly where we're gonna visit or how long we're gonna stay. But just having that reminder there, having that token there, is gonna be an important piece for me as we look forward to that. And as and again, I I love this phrase. This is a a gentleman who used to um, coach with me. Um, He talked about, you wanna call the future into the present love that notion of bringing it making it present now and part of making it present now is having part of it too like you described a vision board, board on which you just write down the things that that you want to see um some people like scrapbooking you know, old stuff and and tearing uh uh photos out of magazines and doing that but there there's this great sense of wouldn't it be beautiful if and we allow ourselves to actually daydream into that. right? And it doesn't negate the now and it doesn't negate planning or goals or any of those other things. It just gives us, from my perspective, it gives us some balance. And this is that kind of three-part thing that we've chatted about before. The past is useful for information. It's great to give us information, what worked, what didn't, why. The future is wonderful for inspiration and vision. The now is where things are happening. And we have to be present to this moment fully in order to get everything from it that we can. But without the knowledge of the past and without the inspiration and hope of the future, man, the now can be
1: just a very dry place to exist. People make emotional decisions and then justify it with logic. It's very well known in anybody who studies or does sales, right? we are always trying to tap into the emotional reasons For why people want anything. Um, And then, if you have to explain the emotion or the reason or the decision behind what you did, you hopefully have some tools ready to justify it with logic, to to back it up with some logical information. The reason I say that is because uh, I think companies too much, and Ken does more consulting than I do, but when you get into companies and they're setting their pro forma and their they're projecting forward quarter by quarter or year by year, and they're looking forward to like their goals, right? Their company goals. It is almost always logic-based. It's almost always numbers-based. It's like, we want to grow by X percent. We want to improve our revenue or profit number by Y percent. So they go down. That does does not influence or excite anybody. Numbers are logic, right? Percentages are logic. So I think my two cents for anybody is... People would oftentimes not be critical of me, but kind of challenge me and go, I feel like you treat the CEO like he's one of your coaching clients, but he's one of your consulting clients. And I always remind him, like, listen, the CEO is a human, just like all my coaching clients. Even if he manages a billion dollar company, that doesn't change his humanity and his reasoning that he needs emotion behind his decisions and what's going to drive him and inspire him to take action. So, My two cents is companies, just like regular people that we work with, should create emotion behind the numbers. They should should look forward to the future. And remember, the future is not just, guys, congratulations, we grew by X percent. Guys, congratulations, we improved our profits by Y percent. But it's like, here's an example of emotion. You could say, we've now added uh, this new lounge and we put this free candy for everybody in it because of our improved numbers this year, right? Or you could have like a picture of this really cool office that you're going to like do some sort of remodeling or renovation to when you hit that number. And then everyone can look at that picture, right? And say, oh, that's what we're going to get. And that would drive me forward with emotion. It's not just that logic based on numbers alone.
0: There's a company that I've worked with and and they have a, a particular division within the company that people were sort of using as a landing zone. They'd, they'd bring uh, uh, new recruits in and kind of train them up. And then all of a sudden they were on the other parts of the company. And um, the guy was leading it really wanted that, that division to be a place where people could grow their careers and really where they could get all the experience that they needed. And when we started talking about the the strategic plan for that particular year, it was all numbers based. It was all about it was all about those goals. Sat down and talked. Through, well, what do you think would excite the folks that are here, and what do you think would make other people that are coming into the company want to stay? And he was, I don't know. So we put this survey and we pushed it out to everybody. We got back things like, I want to be able to grow my career. I want to feel included. I want my opinion valued. I want us to feel like a team. Um, I, I want there to be camaraderie here. And sure, people knew it's a corporation. It's got to be profitable. You have to, so you can pay your folks and, and building and growing. But the things that came up were when they looked at the future, what they wanted were those seemingly intangible pieces, a sense of belonging and relatedness and true teamwork and support for one another and growth and development and inclusion. And so we worked hard to create kind of a foundation and then based on that, the plan that was much more traditional in terms of what are the numbers that we need to hit and the things that we need to do. And the cool part was that united behind uh, that, that numbers plan because they knew that the other piece had best. And they were coming from this place of like solid foundation for the future that excited and turned them on. And then they were excited to make it come true. And they knew the numbers, were in essence, to help build the department up in the way they
1: wanted to. I spoke about this briefly in a, based on another topic in a prior podcast. But it reminds me so well of when I was going around this one company and asking people what they wanted, uh, similar to like a survey, and um, the owner and some of the executive members guessed that what they would want was completely different than what they actually wanted. And when it came down to it, what people cared about more than, let's say, extra time off was flexibility of dress, right? So they just said, no, I, I don't care about more days off or different work schedules, I would just like to be able to feel comfortable in the office, right? And just be able to dress more casually and enjoy, like that would make my time here more enjoyable. And I feel like I'd be more productive. So um, as we think to the future, I think that's a great thing you mentioned, which is um, I don't think it's reasonable for a person in management or leadership to be able to read the minds or guess or know what other people want for their future. So I think it's important that uh, they just ask, right? And then maybe you have a couple topics you vote on or do a survey on and then and hear what they're after. Um, and then that ties perfectly into, it's gotta be a measurable thing logically, but it's gotta be measurable. It's like, if we hit this, we get some emotional thing attached to it, right? So uh, my key takeaway for this topic of remembering the future is you're gonna remember... Uh, something that's visual. You're gonna remember something that you can imagine. Like you said, you can't distinguish between what you imagine or like what you're actually remembering, but we can visualize and imagine a future where you have that cool lounge in the office or you can remember a future where you have that uh, vacation that you get to go on as an award, right? Another thing that popped in just now is there was a company and I was literally amazed when I heard that this was their structure for bonuses. there are these people with incredible, on sales side, incredible performance results. And I was like, so what is, what are your, with the bonus that you give them? And I thought it was going to be some number. And uh, the CEO told me, he said, no, we, uh, we just booked them a vacation. And uh, so we let them go wherever they want. And we just, we know internally there's like a dollar value. We say, where's the, where's the one place you'd go if there was no limits? And they let them decide a vacation and let them take their spouse And they let them go for as long as the budget allows. And so people would like dream big and they'd make up a thing like, I want to go to Fiji, right? And they'd be like, cool. And they'd run the numbers and go, oh, we could send you to Fiji for three days, right? Or something, but they would, um, it, it basically transformed them because when we, when I could see the numbers behind this future that these people really wanted, it was actually way less it was way less to give them their dream of what they wanted than it would have been just just add a number to their paycheck, right? A bit bonus to their paycheck. So um, I'm harping on it a lot here, but I think it's just so important that there's an emotion to your future. And I just know that not logical things, but emotional things are going to definitely be the driver that gets you excited and looking forward to a future.
0: Yeah. And think there, there's two two key points I got. The, the first is think about what that did when you said like people would dream big, like how often are we given the permission to like really dream big as opposed to being told, and you gotta think within your budget, you gotta think within this, you gotta, you know, who do you think we are, the Rockefellers? Come on, we can't afford Fiji. You know, you'll be lucky if we can go to wherever, you know, for, for the vacation. They got permission to actually expand their minds. I see it as so much more than just like, where do you want to go on vacation? They got a little bit of practice. They got some reps in on thinking expansively. And how great is that? What an amazing gift to give somebody, not just the vacation, but the gift of of, of big thought and of knowing that they were capable of it. And then to have it come true just reinforces that you can think big and big thoughts can come true. They can come to fruition. So I think that that's just such a, a fantastic thing to do. Second thing is around the emotion piece and remembering. And, and this is yeah a little bit of a, a, a sidetrack, but I'm gonna go down it anyway. Uh, I've, I've been working on French the past year. This is year two, I've committed two years of twice a week with a tutor and then studying an hour every day. And it's noticeably better. But we're at this point now where I really need to increase my vocabulary. And so my instructor said, look, I, I don't want you just studying flashcards. When you look at a word, I want you to group the words together, like, like assemble a list of whatever, 20, 30 words that are roughly equivalent um, or that have some relationship to each other. But create a story with them. Create a story, and better yet, create a story of something you want to do in the future or something you've done in the past that has a great emotional impact to it, a wonderful trip you took to Paris or a terrific uh, anniversary or party or something like that, or something that you're looking forward to and connect those words with the story. And I'll be darned if after just one week of doing that, there hasn't been this huge shift in how quickly I'm able to recall the vocabulary because it's tied in with emotion now. And, and Dan, this sort of reminds me of a few minutes ago talking about, you know, well, here's the numbers. Nobody, Nobody's behind a spreadsheet in and of itself. But if you talk about a company that you wanna create where people can wear whatever they want, that the dress code is flexible, or we're creating a place where people feel related and, and connected to each other and it's super inclusive and your opinions are valued, man, then you're gonna unite behind those numbers. And, and so the vocabulary words to me are just the numbers. Um, and I know I need to know them and I know they're important, but it's
1: the story. It's that emotional piece that I connect them to that allows me to learn and retain them. So the term that I use when I coach athletes is we call it mental rehearsal. So we're basically, it's always like their game. And we use the term broadly for other things called the performance event, the place that you're judged or being done. So I just, what, if I was coaching you, Ken, and you told me about, I have to do these, gather these vocab words and group them together. Right. And that's the logic piece. It's not emotional. I would say- so before you go down this path, close your eyes and picture yourself in Paris, right? And you're sitting outside of a cafe in Paris and like place yourself there. And in this moment, you're preparing to go sit down with a very important person you've always dreamed about sitting down with, and you want to really impress them with your French, right? So you're going to gather these words together because it's going to impress them even more. It's going to give great, great impression. Uh, so take whatever time and do this, but do it there. Like you're there. You know what I mean? And then you're basically tying in a mental rehearsal or an emotion behind what's kind of like, eh, it's just logical. It's just like numbers, right? Vocab words, no big deal. But I think that's the key for anybody. It's we, we tie these pieces together. We can mentally rehearse as a lot like practice and games are really feel that way. It's like, gosh, we, I've been practicing for so long. I need, I need to get to my games. I want to play with my games. But so part of practice is mental rehearsal, right? We, we picture this future of when we're playing in the games. So then the practice has meaning behind it, right? We're creating emotion behind the practice that saying the reason we're here is because as I'm standing on the mound as a pitcher throwing batting practice to my teammates, I can visualize or picture or feel like this is an opponent and it's a real game. I put myself in a game time situation even though it's just practice. And we can do that through our imagination. We can mentally rehearse the future.
0: So uh, it's like you're reading my mind. It frightens me a little. But uh, I have this dream of consulting with the, the mayor of Paris, Anne Hidalgo. Um, I love her. I love what she stands for. I love what she's doing with Paris in terms of environmental improvement and, and all sorts of other things. And I have this dream of like working with her, like being a consultant to her. And I actually have a picture of the... Uh, inside the Hotel de Ville, which is the the mayor's office in in Paris, and I imagine myself sitting down in there with her, having coffee and speaking in French, and and just talking about all the great things we're going to do together, and giving her my feedback, and she's valuing it, and then she says to me, "Your French is so good," and I of course reply, "Oh, you're too kind," and <laughs> we go on from there. But it is the most impactful thing to be able to put yourself in that space and just allow your mind to amplify the way you'd be doing. There's no drifting away. You know, when you're, you're practicing cards, it's like, oh my God, how long can I do? That? But when you're in the space of the story, when the story's being told in your mind, it just, it becomes fun. And I think that's it. There's like an ease to it. And the, the work aspect fades away and it becomes play. And, and makes it,
1: that's what makes it work for me. To finish this up, remember the words of the famous Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Your future is not written yet. Your future is whatever you make of it. So when you create your future reality, start by dreaming big, get excited about what's possible and picture it and imagine it in your mind and emotionalize it. And then as you take these logical steps that are necessary, That I could look back or you could look back and see, oh, what my future reality is just the results of the daily actions that I took and the things I did. Those are the logical pieces. But let the driving force behind it be that exciting emotion that you create and that you envision for your future.
0: And I just add, if you don't like where your life seems to be headed, tell a different story. It's within your power to do so. Tell the story that you want to come true, and then it will.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more, check out mosesinthecia.com. To learn more about Ken Mosesian, check out mosesian.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, check out dancrum.com.